Welcome to the Shit You Should Wipe podcast with me, Dr. Debbie, your clarity wizard, life coach, and ex-scientist. This is the place for kind humans who want their life to feel as good on the inside as they look on the outside, to achieve their life transition goals and live by design, not by default, who want to experience personal growth, not personal change, and who want to experience more clarity, joy, and bravery. So if you want to know what that means in practice, keep listening. Hey Wipers! So today I want to talk about passion. The reason is I watch a lot of biographical documentaries from um, Doc Rivers to Pamela Anderson to Gillo and all of the other documentaries available on Netflix or Disney. I've probably seen all of them. (laughs) And one thing that I've noticed is that while none of them have perfect lives, most of them seem to have a few things that have driven their quote-unquote success. And those things are, one, passion, two, um, a high tolerance for discomfort, and three, belief that they can make a difference. So while I noted these three things, um, my mind still automatically wanted to focus on just one of those things. And that thing was passion. Our brains, or certainly mine, kept telling me that I just don't have enough passion. (laughs) And was totally ignoring the other two things. So that's why I want to talk about passion today. And the first thing I want to say is that while our brains conveniently ignore that these, that these people are humans, <laughs> they are, and they still experience the full breadth of the human experience. They have heartaches, depression, attacks, discrimination, Um, If I think of the Meghan and Harry uh, documentary, they might have great love and be driven by their passion for social change and still they experience racism and attacks and etc. If I think about Gillo, uh, she might be a famous actor, singer, Super Bowl performer in her 50s who's um, also a role model for Hispanic women and she still um, experienced racism, public heartbreaks, etc. And if I think about Greta, the environmental activist, um, she might be actually the most famous environmental activist and probably never give up her fight, uh, but she still experiences anxiety, depression, etc. So the truth that we all already know but it's worth reminding is that nobody has it all, right? Um, Brian Stevenson, the social activist lawyer, summarizes very well what a lot of people who have great impact might believe, which is to change the world, you're going to have to be willing to do things that are inconvenient and uncomfortable. I might say that again, (laughs) a little bit slower. To change the world, you're going to have to be willing to do the things that are inconvenient and uncomfortable. And 
in his Netflix documentary, he says something like, I'm not quoting exactly, but sometimes you have to do what is convenient for your people and inconvenient for you. So the first wipe that I want to offer is that even passionate people still experience um, the full breadth of the human experience. But I think what truly sets them apart is their tolerance for discomfort. Another way to put it would be that um, high tolerance for discomfort and belief is probably more impactful than passion. That's the first point. And if your brain, like mine, is still fighting um, and thinking that these people um, leave a trace because of their passion or because their passion is so big um, that they're willing to be uncomfortable, um, that this passion is grounding and makes them probably a little more content with their lives than most. Well, where does that leave us? You know, us who might not have a big life-consuming passion. So, what we have to recognize, and that's the second point that I want to make, is that um, we should probably recognize that not having that passion at this point in our lives gives us an opportunity or even a luxury that these activists don't have, which is to prioritize for, well, for myself, which is to prioritize my family, prioritize what I have now and be comfortable, right? Because <laughs> I... <laughs> Um, and at this point in my life, I'm somewhat driven to know myself better. How selfish. But maybe that is big or that it's enough in itself. You know, in a grind society in which we need to produce all the time, to live a mark, to be bold and courageous. Sometimes I hear that from my clients. What if the we didn't only need um, leaders that inspire us, like those people we see on documentaries, but also needed regular people that inspire others to normalize the human experience. You know, what if success for us was not changing as many lives as possible, but just being an example of an enjoyable human experience on Earth? That is what I'm currently aiming for. And what I help my client, clients build as well. And I think that can take many different shapes. But so the second um, wipe that I want to offer is that not having an all-consuming passion is actually an opportunity. An opportunity to prioritize what you have now and to be an example of an enjoyable, regular, quote-unquote, human experience. All right, on to my next point. Placing passion on a pedestal is so patriarchal. <laughs> While I've confessed wanting to have this all-consuming passion, like I thought, I really thought that that's what I needed, uh, Maggie Reyes, who is my coach, offered this metaphor to me. And she said, 
It's like putting spontaneous desire above reactive desire. Now, that spoke to me because um, I've been reading the book Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, which I talked about on the podcast before. But for for those of you who don't know about spontaneous versus responsive um did I say reactive before? Um, I meant responsive desire. Uh, I, so um, it is roughly this, or here is how she describes it in the book. Spontaneous desire appears in anticipation of pleasure, while responsive desire emerges in response to pleasure. Right. So one is initiated by anticipation of pleasure, the other one by response to pleasure. So spontaneous desire is the desire that is shown in most movies where people, often men, are spontaneously turned on and ready to go. So it tends to be a more masculine form of desire, but it's not completely in line with gender lines. But movies being mostly made by men, this is how it's shown in movies. Also, there's probably a part where um, showing um, a responsive desire would maybe be a bit more boring for the movie. I don't know. (laughs) But responsive desire is when you want sex after something sexy has already happened, like maybe being caressed or something. And people with responsive desire might also have more pragmatic motivations for showing up. You know, like, oh, it's on my calendar. But the cultural narrative is that this form of desire is less than a spontaneous desire. But the fact is that a lot of people, particularly women, have responsive desires. So... For all the men out there, and again, you know, it's not completely aligned with gender. But if you're wondering why, um, why you always have to initiate sex, that might be part of the answer. Maybe your partner has um, a more responsive desire. Anyways, <laughs> ending the sex tangent and going back to the topic, um, idealizing, so that's uh, wipe number three. Idealizing passion over other drivers is kind of like saying that spontaneous desire is better than responsive desire, which is very patriarchal. So, what would be the equivalent of responsive desire, right, for motivation? So, what if... Instead of being fueled by that passion, you know, that ignites your body, that comes from your guts, um, you had determination, that focus that comes from your brain, sometimes from your heart. You might even have more practical reasons for wanting what you want. Um, I think this could be commitment or persistence or focus. So wipe number four that I want to offer is passion is not better than persistence, commitment, or determination, right? 
So, to answer the question, is passion what you need? Or is passion overrated? Well, hopefully I've convinced you that passion is not necessarily what you need and that it is overrated, <laughs> right? Because white number one, high tolerance for discomfort is probably what makes passionate people successful, not the passion itself. Wipe number two, not having passion could be a luxury and an opportunity for you to focus on yourself, on what you have. Wipe number three, passion, idolizing, is so patriarchal. It's the equivalent of saying spontaneous desire is better. And wipe number four, You can choose to have the equivalent of responsive desire and use persistent commitment or determination to fuel your work and work on your discomfort tolerance. Refer back to wipe number one. <laughs> so that is it for today. Four little wipes that hopefully will help you wipe that shit that's been bothering you. And if you know of a biographical... I don't know if that's the word, word, right word, but a documentary on someone's life that celebrates commitment over passion. Please, please, please do let me know. Thank you. See you next time. And if you want fresh wipes and actionable tips every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. It's called The Brain Wipes. Also make sure to download The Mental Offload. It's my free ebook to learn how to start wiping things off your to-do list. It's been known to help people save precious time and energy. It's also been called what everybody's psychic butthole needs.